What a pleasure to be with you today. It is a, a joy to be back, to be part of this great body in Christ together, to hear of God's great love for us, shed, given to us in Jesus Christ, and we can walk with him each and every day. I'm going to talk about that today. A few weeks back when I was moderating the congregation meeting, I shared with you that back in the 70s, while attending CU, I was a member here in this church, and then I went to seminary at Fuller, and you supported me. You encouraged me and did so much for me. It meant so much. I'm so appreciative. I came back to work in the summer as an intern, and during that time, Dr. Bob Erder invited me to preach. It was the very first sermon I ever gave. And so here I am, about 1,400 sermons later, <laughs> my latest sharing of God's Word, and I'm so grateful to do that with you. And I want to share with you today what I believe is one of the most crucial biblical truths that every follower of Jesus and every church needs to hear and practice and follow. With this vital truth, we can succeed in bringing glory to God and enjoying this life that God wants us to have together. This truth is to live every day with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God with us today. God revealed this to us in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. When he said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And that's what I want you to hear today. That's what we too often forget. But when we learn to live that way, we learn to walk in the spirit every day in every situation. Wow. Amazing things happen. The Lord calls us to do super, superhuman things. We can't do them by our might, by our power, by our abilities and strengths. We need God with us, and He provides in wonderful ways. God gives the Holy Spirit to every person who trusts in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Jesus taught that all who believed in him have received his living water of life. By this he meant the Spirit. John says this in 739. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. Up to that point, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So the apostle Peter reemphasized this on the very day of Pentecost. Speaking to those who had gathered, he declared by the power of the Spirit in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, and if you do this, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let me repeat this again very clearly. If you have repented of life without God and you have turned to God, if you've come to Him and been baptized in His name, you and I have the gift of the Spirit. That's all it takes. Yet what an amazing gift. We might ask, if we have, this, have Jesus, why do we need the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus explained this to us. Jesus came to show us life with God in the full. He came to live out the law, to live for us and then die for us and live again. But he knew his time was limited, so with his first disciples, he gave a great promise, a great truth. He shared this in John 14, 15 to 17, when he said, if you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate 
to help you and be with you forever. Who's that advocate? The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And that's really important to hear. See, Jesus was the first advocate. That word advocate in the Bible is so rich. It has so much meaning that different translations use different words for that. Some say counselor, helper, guide, comforter. Literally, it's the parakletos or the one who comes alongside. Jesus was the first advocate. He came alongside his disciples, but he could only do so much because he was alongside them. He promises to send us another advocate, one who comes within us. And when God the Spirit is within us, then the power is within us to be God's people. So I want you to imagine this scenario for a minute. I received this screwdriver from my grandfather. And some of us are old school people. And we like our old tools. All right? But this wife decided that instead of her husband always working so hard with the old tools, she'd get him something new. So she gave him this electric drill with, with a power bit and said, go do your projects. You'll really like this. This will really help you do your work. And so the husband went off to his workshop, and he started working on his projects. A little bit later, he came back, and he was so frustrated and disappointed, he said to her, this thing doesn't work near as well as my old screwdriver's. She says, that doesn't make sense. It should work a lot better. Let's see what's going on. So she went into his workshop. She picked up the power drill. She looked at it. She put the bit into the screw. She went, and in went the screw. And he said, what's that noise? <laughs> Friends, that's what we try to do when we live without the Holy Spirit today as followers of Jesus. We try to do it by our might, our power, our strength, but we don't have that power. We, we have the Spirit, but we don't use that power to live this amazing life God wants us to live. So let me share this. If every follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit, why don't we see more of that power in our lives? Why don't we see more of that power in our church? Well, there's four basic reasons for this that Scripture talks about. First, we don't know enough about what the Holy Spirit does with us. And so secondly, since we don't know, we don't know how to work with the Spirit in doing those very things. Third, many followers of Jesus, they quench the Holy Spirit in their life inadvertently, unknowingly. But some, four, grieve the Spirit by saying no to the Spirit's work in their lives and in their church. Knowing this, we need to ask the question, what does the Holy Spirit do with us? How can we come alongside the work of the Spirit as He comes along within us to be successful as followers of Jesus? Now, if you think the Holy Spirit's main work is to bring sensational miracles and exciting crazy times, we'll often be disappointed. Certainly, He can do that, and I have had the joy of experiencing some of those amazing times in the Spirit. But the Spirit's main function with us every day is to help us be Jesus' followers, to empower us and guide us and lead us into living for Jesus every day. 
Now, now that we know this important truth about the Spirit, how do we work with Him? Well, we must learn to be continually filled by the Spirit. The four actions that this uh, New Testament teaches us about the Holy Spirit. The first is to be filled with the Spirit. As Paul taught in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, he said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, and here it is, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. That Greek word there is present tense, meaning it's continuous. It happens now, and it keeps happening over and over. It happens on into the future. Once we have the Spirit, we keep being filled with the Spirit in every situation, in every experience. Now, the Holy Spirit will not force Himself upon us, and that's how we can quench the Spirit because we don't turn to the Spirit to really use Him. But when we seek the Spirit, the Spirit can fill us with His power and open our lives to His work. This takes focus. This takes dedication. This takes commitment. When I recall every auto accident I've had in my life that I've been responsible for, and unfortunately there's been too many, it's because I like to look around when I'm driving. I like to see the beautiful scenery. I like to to see what's happening. So I'm not focused ahead enough. And if I'm not focused ahead, that's when I've caused accidents. And in our life, when we're not focused on what's ahead in the Spirit, not focused on what He's doing, when we're looking all around and even looking at things we should not be looking at, focused on things we should not be focused on, that's when we get into trouble. Amen? Amen? That's the problem. So we need to keep focusing on the Spirit with us every day, continuing to be filled with Him. He's here with us. That's God's gift as followers. But we need to be continually filled, regularly submitting to Him every day, submitting the desires of our hearts, submitting the decisions of our wills, submitting the choices of our reactions in our interactions with those around us, the behavior of our relationships. Everything comes under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and we can do all things through Him who strengthens us, the Spirit of Christ. It's an amazing promise, an amazing plan of God. In Galatians 5, 16, Paul wrote this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Isn't that an amazing promise? If we walk by the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We will not stray and sin and get into trouble. So how do we walk by the Spirit? Well, first, as Paul relates a few verses later in Galatians 5.24, we are to keep crucified our old ways of living without God. Keep them crucified. Paul says, those who belong to Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Literally, crucified. Jesus took our old ways of living without God. He took our old desires. He took our old sinful nature. He put them to death. So why are we going to go back to them? They're dead for us. They have no power over us. Keep them crucified. Keep them dead. Don't place yourself in situations where you are tempted 
to return to the dead life you had without God. Why would we want to go back there? We want the exciting, abundant life we have in Christ. We are to walk in the Spirit every day in every situation, and that keeps the old life dead. So we're focused on Him. You know, I love to walk with my wife, Sue. And it's taken a while for us to get used to doing that. You can imagine how difficult it is for any two people to learn to walk together side by side. Now, you might think it's because I'm taller than her. I have longer legs. So you'd think she'd have a hard time keeping up with me, but you don't know my wife very well. She's a dynamite. She's ready to go. She has a pace that I have to keep up with her. So I have to keep focused on staying along with her and getting in shape to do that on our walks together. I need to match her pace, and we can walk together. So that's why I like, actually, Paul says in verse 16, walk by the Spirit. But a few verses later in verse 25, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, keep in pace. Walk side by side with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit set the pace, and let the Holy Spirit set the direction. If we get ahead of the Holy Spirit, we're going to get into trouble. If we get too far behind, that's not good. But if we keep in step at His pace, we'll be in the right pace we need to live this life that God has for us. He's God, so we don't tell Him where we're going. He tells us. He sets the pace. He sets the direction. We stay in step right by Him. Striding along with the Spirit, wonderful things happen. I like this quote from John Piper. He said, therefore, Walking by the Spirit is something the Holy Spirit enables us to do to produce in us strong desires that accord with God's will. That's what God said He would do in Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. A new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you. Where? Within you. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. The Holy Spirit produces in us desires for God's way that are stronger than our old fleshly desires, and thus he helps us walk in God's commands, his statutes. Moment by moment, we keep in step with the Holy Spirit to walk the lifestyle of Jesus the New Testament contains so many examples of how we are to do this, and I just have time to mention a few of them today. We're just scratching the surface of this amazing topic. We need the Holy Spirit to love one another. Wasn't Ash's message last week wonderful? She was really spirit-filled. Why do we know that? Because it was convicting. It was the truth. We don't have enough love in our homes. We don't have enough love in our relationships. We don't have enough love in our church. But where do we find that love? We need to understand love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can check this out in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The nine fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We should all be striving for these things. But we cannot do those things on our own. We cannot love without the Spirit. We need the Spirit to fill us with God's love, that supernatural love we need to be in Him together in our relationships. We love in the Spirit. We worship in the Spirit. Jesus taught this in John 4, 23 and 24. He said, a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, are you a true worshiper? 
When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. I know that gets tough. Again, we have to be committed to this. We come to worship, and we get so easily distracted. Oh, my, do I really like that song or hymn we're going to sing today? Do you like that worship leader's coat he's wearing today? He should be more relaxed. We get so many things when we come to worship that distract us. Or we come frustrated or already tired or with so many things. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us worship in spirit and in truth. With all our heart, with all our soul, our mind, and our strength. Ask him to energize us in our worship, and our worship will be so much better. Practice it. Walk in the Spirit and worship the rest of this day today. It's amazing what can happen. We're to find hope in the Spirit. Are you depressed or in despair or frustrated in some way? Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with his joy and peace, and the result is his hope will fill our lives. Paul wrote this in Romans 15, 13, a wonderful promise. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't that be cool to overflow with hope that others could see it in our lives? God can do it in his spirit in us. Find hope in the spirit. Our joy, our peace, our hope do not come from our circumstances. They come as a result of the Spirit living in us as we seek Him out in our lives. Know that God's wonderful truths are given to us by the power of the Spirit. John taught this in 1 John 2.27. You have received the Holy Spirit. Here's that affirmation to all who follow Jesus again. He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. So let's let the Holy Spirit teach us what we need to know to live every day. The Bible is God's manual for living. And the Spirit reveals how we are to apply that every day in every relationship and situation. We need to learn to do ministry in the Spirit. I think this is a huge lesson we need to learn today uh, in our churches. We are not to carry out God's business without God's direction. It's not up to us to decide what God's business is. It's God's business. He decides it. It makes no sense trying to tell Him how we are to run His church. We are to be following His direction. And the Spirit gives each one a spiritual gift or two or more so that we can carry out the ministry that God has for us. And when we all carry out our ministry by our spiritual gifts, this melding of amazing work of the Spirit happens within us. We all can't do it by ourselves. God doesn't want us to. He wants us to work together as a body. We carry out this ministry together. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, you hear that, everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, 
The manifestation, the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. And that's how we do ministry together, by the power of the Spirit, by His direction and by His gifts. We are missing out on you if you have not discovered your gifts to use in this ministry here in Boulder. We can do it together. doesn't matter if we're sitting here in these pews or at home today. As we're seeking God together and seeking His Spirit to lead us in ministry, amazing things can happen. We're to be united in the Spirit. We're going to hear more about this next week, I think, as it's Pentecost. But Ephesians 4, 3 to 4, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Through the bond of peace, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. So our unity in the, spirit, in the church is a spirit-led activity. When we can't find that unity, we come from so many different backgrounds, can't find it on our own. We need the spirit to unify us. The exciting thing is he does that all the time when we seek him together. We need to learn to pray in the spirit. The Holy Spirit loves to help us in our prayers. Paul wrote this in Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the very mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Do you want to know what God's will is for you? Seek to pray in the Spirit, and it will be revealed in the right time in the right place. This last quote from John Piper sums up what I've been trying to say today. Why we want to walk and keep in step with the Spirit in every day and every situation. He wrote, because what pleases God is walking by the Spirit and being led by the Spirit and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. The great problem in contemporary Christianity, Christian living, is not learning the right things to do, but learning how to do the right things. The problem is not to discover what love looks like, but how to love by the Spirit. For Paul is absolutely crucial. It's absolutely crucial that if we come to life by the free and sovereign work of the Spirit, we learn to walk by that free and sovereign work of the Spirit as well. So let's be filled with the Spirit. Let's continually walk in step with the Spirit. When we do this, we won't quench, we won't grieve the Spirit, but we'll be filled by the Spirit every day in every relationship. By the Spirit, we discover together the abundant life that Jesus does have for us, not only in eternity, but for today. I'm going to ask you to keep in step with me in the Spirit. Again, I've only begun to scratch the surface of this topic. Study it yourself. I put together a book that talks about this, Keep in Step with the Spirit. If you want more information about that, let me know. But I want to encourage you that God has given us this amazing gift for all who have believed in Christ, all who have received him and come and been baptized. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that we may live with God today and forever, successfully, joyfully, and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to show us how to live with God the Father. Thank you for dying for, for us, to remove those barriers of sin that have kept us from you. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit here with us now in our lives so that we can live in your wisdom, 
by your power, with your strength. Help us be filled with the Spirit daily this week and beyond. Help us to walk with the Spirit in every situation and every relationship. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth for every right decision and enable us to love you and each other. We pray this to the glory of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit united together in them.